Welcome to the Equine Energy Medicine Podcast with your host, Audrey McLaughlin. Hey friends, welcome to episode 31 of the Equine Energy Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Audrey, and today we're talking about one of the most serious conditions of the equine foot, and that is laminitis, also known as founder. Now, a lot of times people use those two terms interchangeably, laminitis and founder, but founder actually uh, only refers to chronic laminitis, right? So even though they'll say, my horse foundered once, technically, no, they had acute laminitis. Um, But I know it's used interchangeably, so I'm going to kind of use it interchangeably here. Um, And interestingly, just on that same point, a horse with uh, a mild case of laminitis may actually never progress to founder. Um, Founder, again, is when the coffin bone has become displaced within the hoof capsule, and that happens with chronic laminitis. But like I said, I'm going to use them interchangeably here um, because I have my whole life, and most people I know have as well. So like I said, laminitis is one of the most serious diseases of the equine foot, and it's one of the biggest causes of death for horses other than colic. Um, It's extremely painful, and it's not the disease itself that kills the horses, but usually it's that that catastrophic lameness. And so when a uh, treatment is unsuccessful, then the horse has to be euthanized, unfortunately. Now, things are changing rapidly. Um, Things have changed rapidly over the last few decades. We have a lot more advancements in treatment. We have a lot more understanding um, from a conventional veterinarian medicine perspective. There's a lot more understanding uh, of the disease itself. They have better diagnostics and they have better advancements. And then kind of in the natural naturopathy side of things, we have a better idea of what a horse actually needs nutritionally and what they don't need nutritionally, what can really contribute to that. And so that combination leads to a lot of these horses being able to be rehabilitated. Um, A lot of cases that may have been considered, you know, kind of hopeless would have been, you know, they, they can now be rehabilitated. While we're talking about this discussion of laminitis and founder, I want to point out that we're going to be talking about root causes. Now, root causes are different than symptoms, okay? Conventionally, symptoms are what is treated in allopathic um, conventional veterinary medicine. And those things absolutely have to be treated, you know, especially with something like laminitis and horses um, founder. But what also has to happen is a really deep dive on what the root cause is of the issue. So when we think of root cause, you also have to remember that there is not a singular root cause. It is root causes, plural, always, always. So you can think of it, I always use the uh, analogy of a tree. So what you see above the the ground, the tree, the, the trunk and the leaves and the branches and whether or not that tree is healthy and pretty or dead and diseased comes from the roots underground. Now, when you look underground at a tree, you know that there is not one root. There are lots of roots, right? It's not a singular root that causes what you see above the soil. The singular rooted tree wouldn't stand up, right? Um, It is a cluster a lot several roots right and it's the same when we're looking at any root cause for any issue um, and it's going to be the same for this Um, now most laminitis acute and chronic 
is preventable and is caused by inflammation that is from having a poor diet. It's from having a diet too high in grains, sugars, and concentrated feed, period. Most, not all, right? So we could say that nutrition is one of the roots for all of those types of laminitis, for sure. And we're going to talk a little bit more about specifically what laminitis is. Um, Then there is another type of laminitis that has been called septic laminitis. I've also heard it called SIRS is the more recent term. SIRS refers to systemic inflammatory response syndrome. Uh, And that is when uh, laminitis is or laminar failure, I guess you could call it, is from things like infection or trauma or ischemia or immune-mediated disease or surgery or uh, some sort of hypo or hyperthermic trauma or hypoxia, so lack of oxygen, uh, for a prolonged period of time. So there are, you know, kind of two categories. What a common misconception is, is that the SIRS causes that I described are not related to diet at all, and that those cases don't actually need a change in diet if they are eating high sugar, sweet feed, uh, concentrated feed products or grains, and that is false, okay? That is absolutely false. SIRS, by definition, is a cascade of inflammation that leads to laminar failure in the hoof, okay? Every cascade of inflammation has at least one root in nutrition, So regardless of the type of founder or laminitis that your horse is suffering from, you absolutely must change their diet. Now, sometimes people will say, well, Audrey, my horse already eats forage-based or my horse already, I already feed my horse a forage diet. And sometimes that is the case, but generally there is still some sort of concentrated feed product in there, or they're feeding what is called a marketed forage-based and not actually a forage diet. Uh, That happens as well. Uh, Or there is some sort of other sensitivity or digestive issue that hasn't been addressed so that forage can be properly um, utilized by the horse's body. It doesn't matter what type of founder your horse has. One of the roots is the horse's diet, period. Um, And it... You know, even if, you know, you heard me say that trauma was one of the causes of SIRS, um, trauma still has an inflammatory cascade that happens either, uh, and it can either be a short acute inflammatory cascade that is helpful and healing to the horse, or it could be a long-term inflammation cascade. And those are mitigated by, guess what? The horse's diet. Okay. So regardless, it has to change for either of them. So let's talk a little bit about exactly what is founder. So in order to understand founder, you have to know a little bit about the anatomy of the hoof. Um, One of my colleagues and actually my own horse's farrier keeps encouraging me to dive deeper into the feet, dive deeper into the feet. Um, So I'm sure he'd be proud to hear this. But in order to understand founder, you really have to understand the horse's foot itself. So if you are looking at the outside of the foot, you would, and you think of it like the construction of a cake or like a, what are those things that we used to eat as kids? Jawbreakers, where every every different uh, candy shell is a different color. So think of it like a, a giant jawbreaker. On the outside, you have the hoof wall. Uh, the next layer is what is called the insensitive lamina. 
the next layer internally to that is the sensitive lamina. And then that part that you could chew up, that might be kind of like a weird analogy, is the coffin bone. Right, that's the inside, um, and then in between layers two and three, in between the insensitive lamina and the sensitive lamina, there is this woven layer of blood vessels. It's a network of blood vessels, and so that that network of blood vessels, small little capillaries, they help to keep the lamina alive, and they are constantly regenerating and creating a source of blood flow for this very sensitive part of the horse's foot. So when that when laminitis occurs, that's inflammation of the lamina. And what happens is it releases, when that inflammation happens, you get these bacterial endotoxins and lactic acid that's released out into the bloodstream. This dilates the large arteries to the feet, but then it constricts those small capillaries that feed the lamina. And so they're deprived of blood and oxygen. They begin to swell and over time they die. And that's not even the biggest problem. <laughs> what actually ends up happening is that that coffin bone we talked about, that actually can rotate um, and you can have essentially complete failure of that horse's foot. Now, there are even if it progresses on to uh, coffin bone rotation, there are some things that a good farrier can do uh, in order to have your horse sound again. But it is really kind of an emergency when a horse is laminitic or founders or, you know, is having profound lameness to get that examined within 48 hours so that you can prevent these kinds of things. Now, once you've had your vet out, once you have talked to your farrier or in conjunction with that, you have to get them off of that concentrated feed, those grain products, that sweet feed, because the saddest thing about laminitis is that it is a man-made disease, right? It is a man-made disease for the most part um, that's either caused by the feeding practices or the management practices of your horse's natural physiology. So when you um, feed or manage your horse in a way that is not aligned with the natural requirements of your horse, then you end up in this position with acute or chronic laminitis, acute or chronic founder. And unfortunately, a lot of people just don't know what they don't know, so they don't have enough information. They're just reading their bag. They're like, my horse loves this sweet feet, right? My horse loves it. Of course they love it. It would be like giving a child cupcakes three meals a day, right? It's not, it's not conducive to having sound mind, sound body, uh, growing and developing properly. Regardless of whether it is directly from feeding and management or is more of the SIRS type of laminitis, um, the ingestion of non-structural carbohydrates, simple sugars, starches, meaning grains, concentrated feed products, uh, causes systemic inflammation in a horse, period. It causes systemic inflammation in a horse. So rather, whether you were trying to prevent or target or heal laminitis or founder, the diet absolutely has to change. And I, I feel like I've said it a hundred times this episode, and I'll probably say it a hundred more. The diet absolutely has to change. It could be that you have hay that is high in sugars and starch, and they're eating a forage diet. That happens too. The hay needs to be tested. The horse needs to be tested. The diet has to change. 
So briefly, I want to run through just some of the triggers, the causes that happen from laminitis. Overall, overall, it is a nutrition problem uh, at, at one of the roots, one of the primary roots. Now, there are other things and sort of these little uh, caveats inside of that that can um, cause laminitis, even if they aren't chronically eating a bad diet, chronically eating grains and concentrated feed products, one of which is um, a sudden consumption of a large amount of starch or sugars. And so sometimes it's that, you know, classic horse got into the grain bin type um, scenario. We've known for eons now that that has been known to cause laminitis. Um, Another one is sort of a non-carbohydrate-related gastrointestinal distress, right? So it's not unusual for something like a colic or a colitis to be followed by laminitis. Um, So there are different GI issues that may initiate laminitis through different pathways, but still (laughs) nutrition is at its root. There's also um, something called road founder or like a mechanical founder or laminitis. Oftentimes that is from bearing too much weight on uh, a hard surface, right? So it's from essentially concussion of the hoof um, and the lamina end up having to bear more weight load than they can actually handle. And so then inflammation happens, damage to the blood vessels. And so then we progress Again, even though it is mechanical in nature and not necessarily nutrition in nature, if the horse is on concentrated uh, grains or concentrated feed products, they need to come off of it. Those things are inflammatory, and that inflammatory is that inflammation is systemic, meaning it goes from nose to tail and will disrupt the healing process as well. It may also increase the susceptibility of something like a mechanical mechanical founder. There's also founder that can be related to insulin issues, um, seasonal hormonal changes like in a PPID horse. It can also be related to steroids, steroid use. Um, and those things can bring on laminitis. They can bring on a form of that in humans too. It's kind of funny. Um, But the use of drugs in horses that are already at risk of laminitis are usually kind of that toxic cocktail. Even still, though, even still, can you guess what I'm going to say? The diet still has to change, okay? Stress can be uh, triggering as well. The diet still has to change. There can be all sorts of different kinds of illnesses that can cause this. And this is more leaning towards what I described at the beginning of the episode with the SIRS laminitis. Um, All of these things, (laughs) all of these things are either directly caused by or heavily contributed to either in initiation or recovery by what goes into the horse's mouth. Everything that goes into your horse's mouth is literally what becomes the tissues that you see in front of you, the tissues that you don't see on the inside, the um, cells and the building blocks of the cells that form feet and muscles and bone and every aspect, neurochemical transmitters, every aspect of your horse. And so it's really, really critical not to overlook this. One mistake that I see happening over and over and over again is, but Audrey, I put them on the low NSC feed from this feed manufacturer. What is not commonly known is that low NSC feeds are 
just there's no there's no um, measure by which a feed is considered. No no rules around who can say a feed is low NSC. And so what you have is a brand say, I'm going to pick on Purina here and I don't have Purina's numbers right in front of me, but I'm going to pick on Purina here. And if they say this is our low NSC feed, it is low NSC, not compared to what else you could feed your horse. It's compared to what else that brand offers. Okay. And so that becomes a big issue because people are like, I, you know, we just keep on having this problem and I'm feeding the low NSC feed. It's not low NSC unless it is forage. And even then different forages can have higher carbohydrates than others. So hopefully you found this information helpful, beneficial. You guys know I love answering your questions. You can drop them to me on TikTok, on Instagram. You can send an email via the contact form at equineenergymed.com. As always, I am rooting for you. I'm rooting for your horse. And I want you to have a horse that is thriving and rideable well into their 30s and beyond. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Equine Energy Medicine Podcast. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated. We'll catch you in the next episode.